Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. We're still in our series, uh, Through the Life of Peter, where we're looking at experiences in his life and, and how those experiences built him and what he learned from them. We're calling this Don't Waste Your Life. And the idea is don't waste these kinds of experiences. So we talked about storms and uh, don't waste a storm because you can learn from it. We talked about miracles. Don't overlook a miracle just you know just because the miracle happened. It's really about the God who gave you the miracle. Don't, don't waste that moment. So today we're going to talk about mountaintop. And uh, and so I, I want to read the story for you, and then I'm going to kind of set the stage. And I got three things I want to show you. Okay, so so we're in Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, and we'll start with verse one. So Matthew chapter 17, verse one. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Just it's just the four of them. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Most theologians would say that what's happened here is Jesus is transfigured, transformed into his heavenly body. All of us, there's a lot of ideas about eternity, about what's it going to be like in heaven, what are we going to be like in heaven. A lot of talk about that. The truth is the Bible's very clear that there is an eternal heaven, there is an eternal reward, and that we will be transformed when we get there. We will have something of a physical body, the Bible seems to indicate, but also the spiritual body. But there'll be no sin, no sorrow, no sickness, no death. So somehow this physical body, Body, whatever physical is there, is transformed, transfigured into something that has no flaws in it. And so, so what they are seeing, theologians believe, is they are seeing Jesus who has gone up on this mountaintop and has been transformed into his spiritual body, his heavenly body. And so they see him this way. Uh, he was transfigured, his face shone like the sun, his clothes became a, a, as white as light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So it, it, it's as if, if there is a veil between us and the eternal, between us and heaven, between us and the spiritual, that veil is pierced in this moment. And Peter, James, and John are seeing Jesus uh, literally cross through this veil and, and begin to in, in, interact with, with Moses and with Elijah on the other side of whatever this veil is between us and heaven, whatever this veil is between us and the spiritual. And, and they see all three of them in this transfigured state. And, and so Peter then says to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Well, you reckon? I mean, Peter, Peter's like, this is 
awesome. That's the way we ought to translate this. Lord, this is awesome. And if you'll, if you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. Understand that Peter is being generous. Peter's trying to say, what can I do? How can I serve? I'll build shelters for all of you three. We'll sleep out here in the rain. Just let us watch you have this conversation. I mean, you see where Peter's at. I don't really think there's anything self-serving in the midst of this. I think Peter's just trying to say, wow, this is an amazing place. I don't ever want to leave here and just be in this presence. And he wants this to last. Uh, Verse 5, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is the voice of God the Father. So you've now got Jesus transfigured. You've got Moses and Elijah standing here. You've got the voice of God coming coming down from heaven, from heaven. Can you imagine this moment? Of course they don't want to leave. They don't, they don't ever want to leave this spot. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And he was back to his normal body. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then did the teacher of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, he says, that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him but have done to him everything they wished in the same way the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. So he's, he's telling them he's about to die. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the Elijah that was to come at this moment. Take a minute, though. Take a minute and unpack what you've just read. Unpack the moment. To the best of your ability, put yourself in the shoes of Peter, James, and John, you are in this incredible moment. You're in this incredible, it's, it's indescribable. It, 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 it's stunning. Uh, years ago, we, we were just having a conversation here in the office, and, uh, and two of us here have been to Peru. And, and years ago, I, I was there, and, and I remember flying over. We were flying to Cusco and uh, flying over you know, the, these, these incredible mountains that are out there. And the, the, the clouds, the mountains are so tall that the clouds would fill in around them. And the tops of the mountains would would stick out of the clouds. And you could sit in an airplane and look at this, and it looked like an ocean of white, fluffy water with islands popping up out of it. It was was just stunning. It was absolutely stunning. And, and, you know, when we would drive along, sometimes the the clouds would fill in the valleys between the two mountaintops as you were driving. Even we were ground level at this point, but we were so high that you would look out across this and it would look like the the, the clouds would look like lakes in between two bodies of, of land. And it was just it was just a stunning, amazing place to be. We walked up to Machu Picchu and I, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to describe what you see from there. It's, it's, it's just mountaintops, listen to me, mountaintops are absolutely breathtaking. They're absolutely amazing. And, and that's what Peter and James and John are experiencing on the top of this mountain. They're experiencing something they've never seen before. Even beyond what I saw in, in, in the Andes there, even beyond what I saw there in Peru, uh, they're experiencing 
what's to come. They're experiencing what the other side's going to look like. They're seeing Jesus in all his glory, in all of his power. And, and, and by the way, when he decides to pierce that veil, Moses and Elijah immediately run up to him and say, hey, they just want to talk to him. And they're just, he's having a conversation with Moses and Elijah, and here's Jesus. And, they're, and then God speaks. And I mean, look, do you know what happens? They experience God on a mountaintop in ways that they have never experienced him before. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, I can tell you stories about beautiful mountains, and, and it gets you there. It gets you to the breathtaking feeling. But what we're really talking about, what we're really looking for with a mountaintop is a place where you see, where you experience, where you are in the presence of God in ways that you have not been before. God does something new in your heart. God does something different in your heart. God changes you somehow in that moment. And those moments are breathtaking. Now, here's the problem. We don't ever want to leave those moments when we have them. You know, Peter, Peter looks at Jesus and says, let, let me build shelters. Basically, what Peter is saying is, let's stay here a while. Jesus is not planning to stay there a while, but Peter wants to. Why? Because he's just experienced God in a new and a powerful way. Mountaintops are breathtaking, and they're also peaceful and inviting. And it's, it's a place you don't want to leave from. It's something you don't want to break away from. It's something you don't want to see end. Mountaintops are an amazing thing. And, and when you get there, you just want to build tents and you just want to stay. But the problem is that we have to remember that mountaintops are breathtaking and they are peaceful and inviting, but they're also temporary. They have to be temporary. Jesus can't do the work of healing or the work of teaching or the work of dying on a cross for us if he stays on that mountaintop. Peter, James, and John can't learn what they need to learn in the real world if they stay here in, in the presence of the other world. Peter, James, and John can't be part of what Jesus is going to do if they insist on staying on the mountain. And I want to tell you, far too many Christians, far too many believers, they get to some mountaintop and then they just want to stay there. I in no way want to diminish the mountaintop. The mountaintops are amazing. I mean, I've, I've, had those, I've had those moments over and over and over again in different places, different moments. And, 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 but when you attach those to a place, you mess up. Now, let me show you something. Peter, James, and John did not attach this mountaintop experience with that mountain and that spot. They did not go back and build a church there. I'll bet you somebody has. I'll bet you since then the church has gone and built a church on that spot because we tend to do that. Anytime we identify a spot where something happens, we build a church to it, and there's a church there. And so I'm sure there's a church there now, but, but Peter, James, and John didn't do that. They didn't go back. The, the point, say, watch, the point was not the mountain. The point was not even the top of the mountain. The point was Jesus. It's just like with the miracles. The miracle is not the point. Jesus is the point. The, the mountaintop is not the point. Experiencing God in a new way is the point. It, it's, it's not like there's something holy about the spot so much as there's something holy about what we learned, what we encountered, what we experienced. I, I was a kid and I was, I was I just out of high school. 
and I was working over the summer with my dad in a construction job. And, and, and I remember believing, I would t- say to my stepdad, I think I need to go to college. And my stepdad would say to me, I don't know how we're going to afford it because we didn't have any money. We, we, we broke, I mean, flat broke. I don't know how we're going to afford it. I don't know how you're going to do that. I, I, I don't know why you would do that. I had already found a job I could make good money at. and da, da, da. Why would you do that? You need to stay doing this. And I was wrestling with it. I was truly, truly wrestling with it. But I was also very, at the moment, I was very, I was very deep in my faith. I, was, I, was, I had a great relationship with the Lord. Uh, I'm only about 18, 18 years old, but I had a great relationship with the Lord. And I remember sitting at, during, during a break, um, and we were redoing this, I don't know, shopping center. And and I'm just sitting by myself in this in this one little storefront, and um and I was just sitting by myself and I'm I'm praying, and I'm having my whatever snack I was having or lunch or whatever, and I said, Lord, I need to know I need to know if I need to go on to college, and and I just I just I just sat there and somehow there was just this sense that God was gonna do whatever I asked Him to do or somehow answer a question or there was it was a closeness it was a I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, but but I I, I said okay, Lord, if you if if I need to go to college, I need you got to show me something. I said I need you to open that door, and in my head I looked up at the door at the glass door that was in the front of the store. Not making it up. I looked up, and a hand hit that door, and pushed it open, and the man who pushed it open walked in, stopped looked around like he wasn't sure why he was there and turned around and left. And I went, okay, I'm going to college. And I did. But here's the point. I couldn't take you to that storefront today if I had to. If my life depended on it, I couldn't take you there. I don't know where that is. You know why? Because the spot didn't matter. The spot didn't matter. It was God that mattered. It was the encounter with God that mattered. Years later, uh, I mean, I'm talking 30 years later, I was I was taking a class and and I was at Indiana Wesleyan University, and um, I, I it was it was a storm was rolling in, and I don't remember everything that was going on, but there was a lot going on. It was almost like one of those storm moments. I walked out into the middle of a, a, a I don't know it was it was a large open grassy area, and I just stood there the wind screaming and howling around me, and I just had a moment with God there. I can't describe that to you. I couldn't take you to the same spot because the spot didn't matter. God mattered. Here's what I need you to understand. If you stay in the place and you give credence to the place, you'll miss what God really wants to say to you because it's not about the place. It's about Him. We've got to stay focused on the God who showed Himself, not the mountaintop where He did it. I can take you to other places, churches that I've been to, that uh, powerful things happened inside those churches. People's lives were changed. And people have attached that change in their life to that place, and they refuse to let the church be changed in any way, shape, or form. It's now completely non-functional, and nobody, nobody is interested in going there anymore, but they won't let the church be changed because they've somehow attached the value of what God did. They've attached to the place. You can't do that. You can't stay in that mountaintop. You can't do anything. You can't build a tent here. You can't build a church here. You can't build a house here. You can't stay. It's temporary. It's important. It's life 
altering. It's breathtaking. It's, it's peaceful. It's, it's powerful. All of that's true. But it passes. And it's there to teach you something. And it's there to give you the strength and the next steps you need in your life. You can't stay in the storefront. You can't stay in the grassy area at Indiana Wesleyan University. You can't stay inside of the building at Freedom's Hill Church, which I'd love to tell you that story too. You can't stay in those places. You've got to move on. God did not show you himself in this place for you to stay in this place and not move forward. God showed you himself in this place to reveal to you how powerful and wonderful and true he actually is. And then he wants you to move on, come down off the mountain and get to work because you now know the God you're working for in a whole new way. That's what has to happen with mountaintops. You can't waste it. If you stay there, you waste the experience. But when you carry what you know of God off the mountain and back into the kingdom, back into the people, back into the service that God's put you in, then all of a sudden what changed you starts to change others as well. That's what God wants to do in us. So I'm curious, if you haven't had a mountaintop experience, what are you going to do to get yourself in a place where one can happen? A place where you can set aside all the distractions, a place where you can focus in on just God's time with you? What are you going to do to get into a place where you can experience God. And once you do experience Him, once you do know Him in a new way, are you willing to go to work with this new knowledge, this new power, this new experience you have with God? That's what He called us to. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, we want to thank you. I, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would move I pray that you would give us, Lord, a mountaintop experience with you. Not, Lord, just a fun day. Not, Lord, just a day we just don't, we don't, I don't ever want to say it, not just that. But a new vision, a new experience, a deeper knowledge of who you actually are. And, Lord, when you give us that, let us take hold of it. And let us use it in the world around us. Let us touch other people's lives with this knowledge of who you are. And Lord, we'll give you praise for everything you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I got lots of questions. So the first one is, do you believe that everybody will experience a mountaintop moment in their lifetime? Or is it reserved for people like Peter with a call? No, I think everybody can. Mm -hmm. uh, but... but uh, I'm going to challenge your question on both sides. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has a call. Therefore, I believe everyone can experience this. I'm not sure everyone will because I'm not sure everyone will open themselves up to it. Mm. You've got to follow Jesus. You've got to climb the mountain. You've got mm. to be there. you got to hang out. They had no warning this was coming. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it's very much that whole being with Jesus until mm -hmm. something happens, right. not being with Jesus because something is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, it's being there until something happens. Okay. I think it's a fair answer. So how do we find the balance between savoring the mountaintop movement and, and not getting too comfortable? I think it? it's, uh, Jesus made that happen for them. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very, there came a moment where it became overwhelming. His mm -hmm. presence became overwhelming. The voice of God became overwhelming. Yeah. And they bowed down and they were not looking. And then Jesus touches, touches them and basically he says it's time to go. Yeah. And I, I think you'll know. 
I, I don't. I. How do I say this? I used to. I used to teach this way when the Holy Spirit moves, and when you you just you'll know. Uh, I I learned to fish for uh, carp from an old man named Calvin mm. back down in the south. I know you're, you're like, where is this going? But uh, I did. <laughs> so I, first time I ever was fishing for him, I looked to Calvin and I said, how am I going to know if I got a fish? And Calvin said, son, when you get a fish, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because what I learned, what I now know is that carp as a species mm. will sit and nibble for a while. But when they finally eat, mm -hmm. when they're finished eating it, they just turn and go. And they don't sit still very much. Yeah. So once that fish turns to go, and it's a large fish, your rod's just going down like the Son, when you get know. a fish, you'll know. When it's time to go, you'll know. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can say it, you know, is, is and once you experience it once, yeah. you'll start to say, okay, I get it. All right, opposite question. So is it possible to have these experiences too frequently? Like, can they lose their significance as we have them too often? Um, if they're real, no. Um, if they're, if they're, if they're, um, manufactured, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I could take you to a church locally here that they had a real God moment. I mean, there was a revival, there was power, there was, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit was moving, people were getting healed. It was a God moment, right? Yeah. But then they, they, what they did was they kept that evangelist that was there the week they had this God moment and they kept holding services every day and they did this for years until everybody was so exhausted, the church almost closed. The church mm. almost collapsed because they tried to manufacture. Yeah, hang on to the mountaintop. Yeah, yeah that long. moment. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. when, when, the moment's, when the moment's here, mm. revel in it. Mm -hmm. You know, just bask in it. Right. When the moment is gone, let it go. Move on. And that's tough for people. It is. So how can we support people who come down from the mountaintop experience and then face challenges? Well, no, you, you, again, let me rephrase your question. When you come down from the mountaintop experience, you will face challenges mm. because there's a downer every time. Yeah. There's always a downer. Oh, for sure. You know, and so there, there's this, there's this, ugh. Yeah. You mean I'm back to the mundane now? Yeah, you are. You mm -hmm. know, you mean I'm back to just dated? Yeah, you are. Mm. And, and everything, everything that was so magical and magical is the wrong word but it's powerful and 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 spiritual and godly magical yeah. uh everything that was that now is just normal again yeah. and uh it's it's a hard transition now how do you help people go through that you help them re-engage with the day-to-day -day, knowing that again i got to this place because i stayed close to jesus mm. and then jesus had this moment and i got to experience it because i stayed close to him so if I continue to stay close to him, that's the best way to get back to another experience like that because eventually it'll happen for him. Mm -hmm. And if I'm staying close to him, I'll be there when it happens. Nice. Okay. So. Well, it's a good way not to waste the experience, exactly right. right? So we'll talk more next week. All right. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.